0: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today.
1: There is the music. It's our usual tune, but today it could have been Happy Birthday to You. Cool Button Uncensored Hockey Podcast is underway episode 27 and for Craig birthday number 39 you look beautiful my friend <laughs> happy birthday you've got so much energy you and I are gonna live to be like uh
0: you know Betty white 99 years of age would you take that right now yes yes hey my grandmother died when she was hundred so <laughs> I, my her sister my aunt died when she was 95 I'll take 99 uh, absolutely I will but you know what as my dear aunt used to say we talked about my auntie Rita as my dear aunt said, Age is not a time of your life. It's a state of mind. Be young.
1: She's the belly dancer or was the belly she dancer. is the yes. belly dancer. <laughs> yeah. 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 All my buddies heard that. And some said, that's great. Others said, it's great. I just don't want to see a 90 year old woman belly dancing, which is their prerogative. I understand it. But the fact that she had so much energy is great. Oh, as do you, we have a lot of energy here. We're into a new year. And I hate starting with the C word on the power play last week, I banned the C word for the first segment of every hour. I can't ban it here because there's a feeling that Montreal, Connecticut, Toronto and Ottawa, Buffalo, Winnipeg, North Dakota, Vancouver, Seattle. you, You tell me, are things that great in America? Are they underreacting? Are things that bad in Canada that we're overreacting? Please, Mr. Button, we need clarity on this thing here. Are, am I getting well, locked to my house or am I allowed to go out? <laughs> like what's happening?
0: Well, just think about it, Steve. I mean, I like, you know, I, I think no matter where you look, there's going to be a segment that thinks there's overreaction. Uh, other places they think there's underreaction. Is there enough happening? This is what's been going on for a long time now. Well, well, j- j- just about a year, I would say so. What we're dealing with now is, is different jurisdictions. Think about Canada; it's very different in Ontario and Quebec and and the and the Maritimes than it is in Alberta. And you know, even in the United States, it's it, it's different in different place in different places depending on where you're at. But that being said, you know, I, I I think that the way I look at it from this lens is that the health systems are very different. You know, we have a health system in Canada that is uh, that is. Uh, not as fully funded that has, that, that has been stressed to a, to a greater extent whereas in the United States their uh, health system doesn't seem to be as taxed doesn't seem to be as as maxed out. now in certain places it is and they put in some greater restrictions but but I'm talking on a macro basis overall. So if we're talking about the protecting the healthcare system and the frontline workers, doctors, nurses, the other thing we're dealing with Stephen it's tough we're dealing with burnout we're dealing with a lot a lot of stress on on the doctors nurses and frontline care workers people that are just saying i'm not working anymore people that because of the testing rules and and the quarantine rules can't go to work it's not just happening in the healthcare system it's happening in a lot of places so yeah, i i i can't add clarity i really can i'd like to but what we're dealing with here is, is I, I'm not going to say uncertain times, what we're dealing with right now, it's kind of like the, the water on the ocean, you know, you, it, it's Rocky, you know, you need a steady ship here. You need to understand, okay, listen, you know what, just settle in. We're not going to be on the deck tonight, dancing to the orchestra. <laughs> we got to do. It. And you know, some of the, some of the measures are a little bit more extreme than other places, but commissioner Batman has been very clear when he's announced the postponements for the Canadian teams, it's due to attendance restrictions. He's been very clear on that. He hasn't said it because of any other reason, attendance restrictions. And people, I laugh, Steve, and I know you do too, when people say, when you answer, well, it is about economics. Why does it have to be about economics? Just about everything's about economics.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I listen, people here are are... They're confused. They're angry. They're upset. They see 60, 70, 80, 90, 100,000 people watching football games and Rose Bowls and Sugar Bowls and you name the bowl. And, and, and here people are at home and some are saying, I'll, I'll follow the rules. I guess others have had enough. People have said, no, mine isn't essential travel. I'm going to Florida to get out of here. And you know, I'm trying to be a, a moderate and logical. And I, it just seems too much. It just seems to go from 21, 302 at the Bell Centre to zero, zero in Toronto and, and, and Florida. Like, COVID has to exist everywhere and the variant, and we talk about taxing. I, I, you know, I've been done doing my thing to follow stuff online, and the reaction isn't as if what was happening two years ago. And I, I just don't know how long you can keep going saying the same thing. It's one thing if you said, right now, I, I've said all along, we'll take it to January 15th, and then a January 15th, the tarp comes off the field and play ball, and here we go. Obviously, no one knows that situation, but where would the end game be? What if we we're in 2023 and we we're still doing this? I mean, you have to realistically think about if you're worried and scared, you stay home and hide under your desk or your bed forever, vaccinated or not, young or old or whatever. And then at one point, the rest of us must go on. And I'm at that point now. I'm not the only one. I'm just the one who's got a bit of a forum here that this is an overreaction. And in, in, in where we are here. And if it means for January, moving the NHL teams to the United States to play, which I'm I'm sure the players given an option and their families would say, pack up the bag, pack up any young kids and we are gone and we'll enjoy our month of freedom there. We'll get our games in and make up whatever we have to make up back home. Or if it means Toronto plays Montreal and Buffalo and okay, that's Montreal home game tonight, tomorrow, it's your home game. And we let people in buffalo in for free and whatever they eat and drink they eat and drink and it goes into the nhl pool i get that but this does not seem right but it also tells me about my history we can see who the united empire loyalists were and who more the rebels were we can see people that all came from one giant family in england ireland and scotland still think so differently and i'm allowed to speak freely i think this is an overreaction and all of it better and sooner, dot, dot, dot. I don't know what that dot, dot, dot means, or maybe I might have to jump to Nashville and do the show from Bridgestone for a little while because my health is affected up here. This is too much. I Like this is honestly too, what's gonna go to April now? And not just for hockey. Let's just say that it was the summer and we can't golf now. Come on, man. Like this is, we've got our three shots. We've done what we've wanted. We followed the rules. And steal this, come on, man, come See, on. What
0: I, what, what I would say to you, Steve, I, you just nailed what I think is the essential point here. Everybody that has followed the rules, everybody that has done their part, be vaccinated, do the part, follow the restrictions and everything. and And now- they're sitting there going, wait a second here. It, it, it's mental health. It's economic health. It's financial health. It's, it's well, be- it's all of those things all wrapped up." One- and, and, and you're right. People are saying enough, enough. You know, one of the things that's really, and, and I'll, I'll be very clear here, the leaders in the government in Canada have not done a public health mandate. Like, you know, they haven't, there should have been a public health mandate long ago. You know what? We know vaccinations help. OK, we know that they they, they, they prevent uh, outcome and they've they've tried to walk and stay on both sides of it. Right. Instead of just saying, you know what, we got a public we got a public health challenge. We need public health mandates and here's how it's going to be. And they haven't done it.
1: So Bill Daly said he's not worried about not finishing the year and everything else with the U.S. option. Basically, that will be our three hundred and fifty person bubble if it has to be if it'll it'll hurt revenues but if those canadian teams have to go down there until the playoffs right then 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 i guess that's what they'll do i so the the leafs played on saturday against ottawa with nobody there basically i mean everyone that they knew got in friends and family and you know the guy from edmonton they play edmonton toronto edmonton mcdavid's only visit empty on wednesday then the leafs go on the road the belief that they'll come back home and be able to play then I don't think it's realistic. So they're going to need another plan, right? Like when you look at a schedule, it almost says Edmonton at Toronto, the rest to be announced. So we are fluidly making changes, but where are you on the realism that these seven teams are going to have to go stateside for an extended period to play? Cause at least for the fans of those teams, You'll be able to watch your team on television. Is it, is, are we ready to say that that's going to happen? Or is that just one of the many options on the table in your mind?
0: Well, I mean, think about all the, think about all the businesses. Think about all the small businesses, medium-sized businesses that have, that have been shut down continuously. You don't think they don't want to go to the United States and, and operate? They can't. So back to the economics and back to the business. The business of the NHL is such that revenues are dictated based on ticket sales right? And that's the economics of the business, right? The, the business has already taken a big hit. The question is, does the business want to continue to take a big hit? You know, it's great to say, oh, they're billionaires. Oh, they're, they're this, right? No, I don't care. I don't care how big you are or how much money you have in your bank. You're taking a hit, you know? And we're talking about small businesses and medium-sized businesses that, that have sacrificed and, and tried to find different ways. There comes a point, Steve, you know, we're going to be dealing with sooner. We're going to be dealing with an economic recession, depression, perhaps. And people go, oh, yeah, way to be extreme, Mr. Button. I go, when people are going out of business and they've spent, their, they've taken their, their, their savings and put it in and, and capital investment and they don't get any return on it, what are we going to do then? What are we, and guess what? survey covering it (laughs) government handouts on we're talking about a real blow and 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 if you don't believe me just go and look at 1929 just go look what led to it just go look and just go do your history just go read history because you can understand it a lot better so why wouldn't the nhl from an economic point of view if they have the opportunity why wouldn't they move commissioner batman has already said game postponed because of attendance restrictions He's already laid. He's already making a very clear point about the economics. And as he should, like what, you're going to apologize now for good, for good economics. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'll just end our
1: C-sec C-section segment with would have been <laughs> radical to think two years ago. You know, I think, cause we like to think we're realists, but so does everybody else, I guess. And then seeing, okay, we'll do whatever you say. Oh, okay. The vac- vaccines where the numbers, where's health. And it's, it's at a point now where now you kind of feel like you're just, you know, you're sheep, you're being kind of thrown into it. Like, and that's how I feel. So you can't tell me don't feel a certain way when you feel a certain way, the people that I know from the kids that I've got two from the friends and like enough is enough. And it's one thing. If the end game is February 1st, let's just say, and it's total normalcy masks off if of you well, who cares you want to look well, it's february 15th but to think that we're what three more months i i, I think people will say no I, I do and even quiet i'm sorry canadians at, at, at that point and, and and we don't know where it's going but we're allowed to have a, another opinion and look at the other side based on opinion and facts and you know they've got projections for numbers and they thought it was going to be worse with the icus and the hospitals and everything else it hasn't been like that so far, so that's the other side, and that's all I want to say on it. Is I'm allowed to say I'm not happy and I'm frustrated, and it's too far. It's too far to watch 19,000 in Tampa, and the janitor in Toronto, uh, 100,000 in Dallas, and nobody in Winnipeg. It's uh, it's it's it doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right. Not not fair. I'm not using the word fair. Maybe they're underreacting and we're overreacting, Craig. That'll be my last word on that until we get more information. And to think, how dare you even have that opinion? I'm not going to argue with somebody on that because no matter how thin or thick your pancake is, there always are two sides. So I'm going to end my COVID chat with that.
0: How about this? Just to finish quickly. And I'm going to be real quick here. If a restaurant has no customers coming in, do you think they're staying open and cooking meals? No. And, and, and yet we're asking NHL teams now, Hey, listen, you're not allowed any fans, but have games. Really? Oh, that's how the economics work, right? Yeah. No kidding. There's going to be postponements because of attendance restrictions as there should be. And that's what the owners need to do is, just like every business owner, every business owner, the luxury that the NHL teams have is they might be able to go and play in the United States and they might be able to say, Hey, this is where we're going. The beautiful, uh little restaurant that people like to go to they don't have the same luxury and they're the ones that are that are being impacted in a big way negatively they're the ones that are hurting they're hurting big time we may be hurting because you can't go watch a hockey game they put their life into their business they're the ones that are hurting and quite frankly steve i'm with you i think we have a lot of leaders that that are in leadership positions that are anything but leaders we have a leader who runs the
1: National Hockey League and we had a winter classic on a scale of one to 10 in Minneapolis, St. Paul, the Twin Cities, Target Field, thirty-eight six one 10 Fahrenheit, minus 22 Celsius. How much did you enjoy the winter classic on Saturday? One to 10. No.
0: Okay, okay. So on, on the NHL side of things, I mean, Hey, it, it's the state of hockey, you know, it was cold. I, I think the players embraced it. I loved what the St. Louis blues players did walking into target field. I mean, it was, it was having fun, but I'm going to be very straightforward here. I I, I I don't know if I can express a greater disappointment than uh, in, in the announcement of the U S women's hockey team than what they did there. Like I, I, I Well, why not have them come out in uniform? Why not have them introduced onto the ice in between the period? Why not have a famous U.S. women's hockey player introduce the team? Like, seriously, people are talking over the introduction. They're standing there smiling. That's the introduction we need? Sorry. Complete miss complete mess on the announcement of the U S women's hockey team. I was angry. I said, this is not what they deserve. They deserve the palm and pomp and circumstance. Come out in your uniform, come out and skate on the ice and let's go. I thought it was really, really poorly done.
1: Oh, you've got the right to that opinion. I think I was uh, watching the other game that was going on. (laughs) So I missed that. So glad that you ended up seeing it. I saw something on Twitter. Uh, the TNT broadcast, I thought they had a fun show. Wayne was back and it was fun. I don't think that they addressed it. I know they didn't address it after the game, which would have been after the second mission, their next time to speak. Um, I don't know what Hockey Canada has planned. You know, if, if they can even do anything because there might not be a home Canadian game until they have to leave the girls to go to China anyway. So I, I put it this way. I know what Hockey Canada has done in the past. I guess mostly on the men's side that we've seen. All you're saying is same thing. Bring down the lights, have a sound up of a gold medal goal, and then have some of the, have Cami Granado. Yeah. Introduce. You're talking. Yeah. Yeah. So I know how to stage these things. They never asked me, unfortunately.
0: So you're saying on a scale of one to 10, that was a zero. Yes, it was. It was. No way. You cannot talk about how we're going to promote women's hockey, how we're going to give women's hockey prominence and have that type of introduction. No way. It was a zero. No way.
1: Well said, my friend. Uh, the game did,
0: was cold. I, I that, could feel yes. the cold. I could feel the cold. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you who wasn't cold was the St. Louis blues. You know, why, why, the, why were they warmer than the wild? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it, it's always interesting. Somebody was telling me this story on the weekend about uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers back in the day uh, when they used to play in December and January they used to keep their, their locker room cold. And, you know, when they were playing the warm weather teams, because the warm weather teams would come into the cold and they wanted to get into their locker room and warm up. The Steelers said, no, we're staying cold. We're keep, we're, they turned the temperature down in their lo- So they stayed like engaged on the, uh, in the cold. And they said, we're not warming up. We're not getting comfortably warm. We're getting ready to go out there and play the second half. So maybe that's what the St. Louis Blues did. Maybe they they came in in shorts and beach wear, and maybe they had the, the, the temperature in the dressing room all, all all nice and cool, and maybe the Minnesota Wild were trying to stay warm. Well, guess what? The Minnesota Wild never warmed up in that game.
1: Yeah, I feel uh, bad for Dean Evison. Wild in a slump now. Like the Wild are in a slump. Something's gone wrong. Maybe things went too well before, and – Bill Parcells using a football analogy says at the end of the year, you are what your record says. It is Mm -hmm. during the season. It can be different because you've got time to change it. Um, And if it's not as good, Vancouver fix it. If it's that good, Edmonton or Minnesota, maybe you're not that good. And a guy that we've seen progress. If, if the blues were warm, white, hot is Jordan Cairo. And it's another example of everyone. As good as he is, as high as he was drafted, is as, as well as his pedigree and everything he's done, not everyone still can be Crosby, McDavid, and Lemieux. You still, oh, if you're not ready at 18 or 19, and you just watch. Like, as good as he was last year in a 50, he played 55, I think, instead of 56. And now he's already at those numbers 29 games in, over a point a game. Confidence with the, cu- with the puck that might lead to a cup. I just like to see... A green tomato turned red, yeah. More of a green tomato I grew up watching, or closer to me, or someone that you see. Boy, sets a record for the four points. Blues are rolling, man, like they're rolling man. Uh, and even some of the goals on Bennington, like, are you kidding me? You couldn't make this stuff up (laughs) off the okay, uh, off the railing, off the kick plate, off my ear, and into the net. That's that's a one in a trillion. So I just I'm happy for the blues because they won fair and square on a scale of, you know, one to 10, I'll give it a nine because of the story you told me, I'm going to bring it down a notch about the, the way the women were treated in the intermission, but I loved it. I don't mind the cold. I'm going to play cold outdoor hockey myself tonight in 10 degree temperatures. I love the pictures. I love what they did with the six ranks. Uh, TNT had a great show and the blues put on the show and the Jordan Cairo, I can name some players like Jordan Cairo, Evan Rodriguez, uh, Johnny Goodrow on another scale, uh, guys that have just wow. I don't know if Rodriguez is that good. I, I think Kaidu Kai, uh, Jordan will be that good and is right now. And Johnny USA Hockey's kind of resurrected his career right now. Like, like he's feeling it. But from the outdoor game, I love it. And I think four year or three, you know, give me one in, you know, if there's a heritage, if there's a winter classic, you know, three or four, I love it. And for people that say that it's overkill, 15 might be overkill, but three or four a year, Craig, I love outdoor hockey. And somebody said um, somebody said something like the Red Wings in the 50s were the first uh, ever team to go outside. They practiced in 1950. Craig, didn't we start the, the league outside? <laughs> didn't the league start on December 18th? Nineteen or nineteenth, nineteen uh, seventeen outside. Yeah, okay. So we started outside. Okay, Let, let's just get that straight. We've gone from outside to inside. And anyway, I loved what I saw on Saturday.
0: Yeah, it was good. It was. I mean, hey, I, I'm with you. And and keep in mind, the the, the Winter Classic is for the fans of that team and the fans of the visiting team, even and having some fun. And you know what? How many? We talk about hockey. And, and, and it's something that's lost now, outdoor ranks, growing up on the ponds, playing on the ponds. It's just not as commonplace, but it's always nice to be nostalgic and go back in time and talk about these are the roots of the game. They, they, they are the roots of the game. You know, baseball, they talk about playing on the sandlot, right? Well, you know what? Baseball doesn't go and have sandlot games. Hockey has the great opportunity to go and have an outdoor game and, you know, go back to the roots of how hockey started.
1: It was awesome.
0: Time now for KB on ice, an
1: inside look at the National Hockey League brought to you by our friends at Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Craig, Rangers, Oilers on this Monday night. Who do you like and why?
0: McDavid on Broadway. Isn't that where the stars go to perform? All right. Hey, you might look at it and go back to back games for the New York Rangers after beating the Tampa Bay Lightning and you go, Oh, is there an advantage for the New York Rangers? The Rangers have a winning record on back-to-back games. Yeah, so don't automatically give it to the Edmonton Oilers. But the Edmonton Oilers have not been real sharp here. Connor McDavid's been sharp. Leon Dreisaitl's been sharp. So bet on them. Bet on them every day. There's nothing wrong with betting on them. Take the Rangers at home. They're playing too well. And they're showing that they're a tough team to beat.
1: I love your logic. Logic suggests Rangers win. However, something's wrong in oil country. Just watch our last podcast. They're 2-7-2 in their last 11. They blew it against the Devils. They blew it against the Islanders. But I'm going to say it's not Shisterkin tonight. Mike Smith is back in his 0-2, so he's kind of due. They're going to get Alexander Georgiev. We know what happened with McDavid and Georgiev the last time they met. And for the Oilers, this might be a mini season saver. They've got games in hand to make up on Vegas and the Ducks. It's got to be now, even though I believe your numbers, Craig. I believe your logic. I'm actually throwing your logic out the window and going on hearts that the over-under six and a half, the game is over. The Rangers are favored. They lose the Oilers win this hockey game,
0: how they do it. I don't know. Maybe it's the McDavid magic on Broadway. There's always McDavid magic, no matter where he's playing, but it's a little bit more magical when it is on Broadway.
1: Well, Let's see what happens tonight. It's a lot of fun when the Oilers and Rangers get together. Check out all NHL odds, props, and totals at SIA.com. That's SIA.com. And sign up today at sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod to place your bet. Folks, Sports Interaction is Canada's sports book. All right. Speaking of players, a guy, remember we always talked about Alexander Barkov. He was the, the Steve Larmer of... Underrated Bark <laughs> at one point you said if you don't know who Alexander Barkov is, we didn't say turn off the podcast, so turn off the channel because come on, Alexander Barkov, 200 foot player, great skill, one of the best. You know we can start naming the centermen, so he could be five, he could be six, he could be seven. He's top ten for sure. Okay, I got a new underrated player. The guy got a 29 points last week. It feels like he would have been on McDavid's wing on your team, Canada. He's third in the NHL in scoring. Third overall pick. Third overall pick storylines are pretty intriguing. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl was one as well. Third overall picks are like, oh, he was third overall. And that was Jonathan Huberto. Florida right now. Here's it. Carolina, number one winning percentage. Florida two, Toronto three. The only teams in the league in the 700s. And Jonathan Huberto. I just don't see, you know, the EA Sports. I don't see the marquee. I don't don't see it, Craig. Like, Like why? I see it in his play. Maybe because when you get that many assists and not as much goals are just sexier. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is this. I was wowed. Not, not, not just with the last week, his season, you're fourth behind. Oh, only McDavid, Dreisaitl and Ovechkin. Like, come on, man. Do you see where I'm going
0: with this? You see where I'm going on Jonathan Huberto? Uh, no, is, 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 uh, I'm confused. So he's underrated. So let me get this straight. He's under, he was the second team all-star left wing last year. You do know that, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but who's talking about him? Who is, but wait, where so, is so wait a second. Just because people aren't talking, you know why people aren't talking about him? Why? They don't know him. They don't know him. They don't know him. I'd mean, like to ask you, you know, you got to watch Florida Panthers games. He was the second team all-star left wing in the NHL. Ask anybody in the NHL if he's underrated. I'm going to tell you, they're going to say no. I've watched Jonathan Huberto since 2009. Okay. He was the third overall pick. Interesting. We come up, we start talking about draft and, you know, I'm always thinking about, okay, how do we reevaluate? We start down, we anoint, this guy's the first pick and everything. Ryan Nugent Hopkins went one. Landis went two. Huberto Huberto went three, right? You know what? Not even close who the best player is out of those three. It's not close. Like, and and the third best player is Nugent Hopkins, <laughs> like the the best player is Huberto. I, I'm just dealing with those three, and then it's and then it's Landeskog, and then it's Nugent Hopkins out of those three. So we sit here and we go in the draft. Yeah, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is the best, and like you know. So I th- th- this is for future episodes as I talk about the draft because. You better start evaluating. You know, it was Nolan Patrick, Nolan Patrick, Nolan Patrick. And they said this Nico Hischer came along and we weren't even talking about Heiskanen or McCarr or Pedersen, who are all miles better than Nolan Patrick. That's for me. I better remind myself, you better get, get you know, understand the evaluation. Jonathan Hubero, like, what, ask you, ask you, I'm going to ask you this question. What is he incapable of doing in the game? Nothing. That's right. Kills penalties, plays on the power play, can score, can make plays, grinds it out in the corner, skates fast, everything, whatever you want, right? And by the way, Tuesday night, his childhood favorite team, the Montreal Canadiens, are playing down in Florida, right? Yeah. And his sister, Josie Ann, is going to sing the national anthem. How nice. cool is that? How cool is that? That Can you imagine Jonathan and, 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 you know, Andrew Burnett? I know this for sure. I know it for sure. Take it to the bank. Jonathan Huberto will be on the starting lineup, standing on that blue line, watching his sister sing the, the Canadian National. It, it, th- that's, I'm telling you that, tune in. Watch that. That's something to tune in and watch. That's cool. 14 yeah. years old is Jonathan's sister.
1: I, I think for Huberto, it's Florida, South Florida. That's part of it. They have a buzz now, but they haven't had that playoff moment, even though if you look at his play, they didn't lose because of him last year. Six games, ten points, right? Like his playoff numbers in the small sample size is like he's he did his thing, but because <laughs> there was there wasn't the you know Huberto overtime like Pavel Bury against the Flames the the flurry moment there wasn't the Huberto moment because it's happened later than the Panthers have wanted, and because he kind of got stiff. I'm just saying, we all know if we went to the Olympics with the NHLers. a Canada would have won anyway. So because there wasn't Huberto to McDavid breakaway gold medal on his stick. He scores Connor McDavid scores the goal assisted by Huberto. Cause then that gives you something, right? It, it gave people something before they won something. Cause that's what international hockey does. It gives you some of those amazing moments and look at Tanelli with the Islanders and then taking those Russians down in the corner, Paul coffee, you know, scoring the goal after breaking up the two-on-one. You, you get moments, and sometimes it happens internationally, and boom, it leads to other success. Huberto lost, probably lost a moment, and he hasn't had a playoff moment. So if somebody says in Anaheim, yeah, I see him once a year, well, yeah. You know, they, he hasn't had that, and I think that's to their defense. So I'm hoping, look at this, Carolina, Florida, Toronto right now. Carolina was down 4 nothing, with half the game over on. Um, was it Friday or Saturday? That's Columbus. Watch. Yeah, you talked about Brynmore. I thought about you. I just went, and I know it's Columbus. People will say, "Well, the odds against anybody playing the bad news bears and being up four nothing. You're in the ninety percentile to win the game anyway." That's about coaching, staying cool, and I'm bringing these teams up because they're in the seven hundred club. Like, there's a lot to like with these clubs, and I see Florida, and that leads into Huberto. Brindamore is the it guy. In- carolina while florida has huberto is the it guy and barkov is the it guy and uh, ekblad is the it guy so maybe the it guy for carolina is rod Brindamore, and I, I i don't know some people think ah freddie anderson i just sometimes i want the playoffs to start now because this is great like for all the covid ugh, and all the losers at the bottom the sextiness is at the top right? It's, uh, you know, you don't go to an off-Broadway play to see the sea actress or, or actor. You see the stars. America loves the stars and the, and, the, and the winning and who's there. Why do they fill their buildings when a team wins and they don't care about what they lose unless you're the Cubs or the Packers or the Leafs? So now I look up and I see them and there's a lot of really good, I don't know if they've got that superstar. I don't use that word a lot. Superstar, you better win a rocket or a heart or be nominated for major awards. First or second team all-star. Those are superstars. It is fun to watch, and that storyline goes back to Hartford. The last time the Hartford Whalers came back in that situation, it was Hartford, not Carolina. I just loved what I saw, and Rod makes it fun. And you gave him a shout-out last week, so I wanted to add to that with that comeback. And when you're 758 winning percentage, you're first overall in the NHL.
0: You are at this point in time. You know it's interesting. You talk about superstars. I'm. I'm just going to quickly go back to the draft. I talked about the 2011 draft with Nugent Hopkins, Landeskog, and Huberto, One, two, three. You know what I? And I've been doing. like You know what? You're always trying to develop and progress and evaluate. You know what I've realized about the NHL draft? Almost rarely do superstars come out of a draft. They come out of drafts at different points in time. Different drafts there's not very many stars in any particular draft very few stars as a matter of fact and really what there is what you're trying to find in the vast and i'm talking at 9 and 11 and 14 first round you're trying to find guys that can be regular nhl players and you better understand what they are and you know what i I, like as i evaluate and i go through it and oh he's going to be a star i go no he isn't he's not a star (laughs) and you know what i I am becoming more and more firm and You know what? Yeah, there's going to be 32 first round draft picks. And in this year's upcoming draft pick, there 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 might be a couple stars. There's not a superstar. I don't see a superstar in this draft. Not I mean, is Patrice Bergeron a superstar? No, he is. not I'll answer for you. And Shane Wright's not going to be a superstar. Could he be a star like Bergeron? Yeah, perhaps he could be. Very few stars are going to come out of the 2022 NHL draft. So let's be clear here that, that, that there's very few, the superstar category is like eat small. Then you got the star category, which is a little bit bigger. And then the rest of them are just various levels of good to very good to regular contributors. That's what they are. So Hubertos is a star in my view, Barkos is a star, but they're not superstars.
1: Yeah. Superstars, the elite of the elite. I don't throw it around a lot either. I got on my colleagues on the television side and we we're at the score about saying, you know, Justify that. Like, what makes it? If if this guy's a superstar, what does that make McDavid or Lemieux or Gretzky or everybody else? And I think it's a cliche. So it's good. It's a good subject to talk about. And important heading into a draft to kind of know what we're getting here. Because if you're getting that information, then you might say, well, this is a year we want. We might trade that first round pick because we want to win the cup or we want a, another player somewhere else. And that adds some intrigue to me. It's because I really believe that Trevor Zegras, the ninth overall pick, right, two years ago, he woke up Jack Hughes three years ago. Yeah, he woke up Jack Hughes the years go by so quick, 2019. So Jack at one, and the first two years weren't good, and maybe should have been in the NHL. He starts this year strong, gets hurt, misses 17 games, comes back. Zegras has a buzz who went ninth. They're so connected. They look like each other. They could play each other in the movie, their own movies. Uh, both national development, all that stuff, skill set, undersized, blah, blah, blah. And now Hughes is rocking and rolling as Zegras is out. I think Zegras woke up Hughes and now Hughes, now the money's looking like, oh, maybe eight times. it's not a bad idea, Mr. John Fitzgerald. So it's funny how it changes kind of back and forth and we evaluate, but now you've made me say, not go back and redraft, but go back and say, oh, and I'm just throwing out names. Oh, Dreisaitl was the best pick of that draft. Oh, he went third. Or maybe Morgan Riley was the best pick of his draft at fifth. And, and teams that, you know, where was Jonathan Taves? Maybe would have gone higher. Or maybe would have gone first. So And it's, it's fun not to analyze the mistakes, but just to sit there and say, if we're going to play this game, it's not an exact science, right? We talk about our friends at Sports Interaction. You can make bets based on logic, and sometimes you can take the long shot. The long shot winning is more fun. Like right now, the Canucks are 75 to one to win the cup. That might be fun. <laughs> like, that, that's the longest of any team that's any good. But you know what I mean? I'm not betting on the Arizona or the Sabres or anybody else. But it, if I go to a horse race, and I did, I used to go to uh, this Greenwood, I would look at the 99 to one shots. And the guy's dad said, Well, if you bet two, you do win, you know, 200, right? Um, and that's fun what are the odds or whatever until like three races later, the 78 to one or whatever ends up winning the race. So sometimes it's fun to have, to, to have fun with it, but you can't gamble at the draft, but it's good to have the information, right? Craig, to decide
0: who do we want and why still knowing it's a crap shoot. How about this? How about this? We You were just talking about our friends at sports interaction. Okay. We're just talking about that. So on this Monday, of uh, January the third, twenty twenty two. The the Edmonton Oilers are visiting the New York Rangers. So how about this? How about this? We talked about Drysaito, third overall pick, right? Yeah. The Ottawa Senators traded Mika Zibanejad <laughs> to the New York Rangers. He he was the sixth overall pick. Whoa. The Edmonton Oilers had Ryan Strome. They had traded for Ryan Strome from the New York Islanders. He was, and the reason I bring it up. Zibanejad was in the 2011 draft. Strom was in the 2011 draft. Huberto was in the 2011 draft. How would Zabanajad look in Ottawa right now? And how would Ryan Strom look in Edmonton right now? Oh, what if, only if, oh boy. (laughs) And wait a sec. What if Edmonton had drafted uh, Huberto first? Forget about the Canadian Olympic team. The left winger would be playing right with McDavid. And I keep telling you about McDavid when the shoe dropped and I looked up 99, 17 in the rafters, McDavid has no Curry. What happens if he had Huberto?
1: (laughs) Then he'd score 60. Oh, would not be without a playoff series victory since the, the round one in in McDavid's second season. So, uh, but what if,
0: but I'll just tell you, this is what goes through, right? Like, I mean, like, just think about it.
1: From the weekend, uh, speaking of the Oilers, the they score Yamamoto from Dreisaitl. Devil's challenge, an unchallengeable play. Oh, I'm losing 10 it. Ten
0: minutes, Steve.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm losing it. So that was my, I can't believe it. So, you know, you reconnect with the league to make sure I'm not whacked on it. So the defending team can only really challenge off the netting. And when the opposition glove pass or high stick, so they didn't know the rules and it was painful but the hockey gods gave it back to the devil. So Lindy Ruff wasn't behind the bench. I thought that was a noticeable moment. Kale McCarr step up last night. He doesn't get an assist because he's the third guy that touched it, that led to the O'Connor goal. You got to watch that kids. You got to watch risk reward, knowing the game and everything else. And yeah, I know he didn't play enough games to win the Norse. you know, and anything, anything that's voted on sometimes bugs me. Um, He's unbelievable. And when you can get 20 plus goals from a defense, watch that play was not offside, by the way, was not offside was a great play. And I guess the feel good moment, I want to get the names right here is Vancouver Canucks assistant equipment manager, Brian red Hamilton, first game in Seattle, the first ever game, a young, soon to be medical student, Nadia Popovich is the way Scott O pronounced it. Basically said through her cell phone back to your neck, get it checked out. He basically blew her off. Sequence of events through Canuck doctors. They had it removed. He says she saved his life. They met again. That 254 on NHL.com. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. Um, there's a feel-good story of all the other things that, that we've talked about. So if she doesn't go to the game, if, if he doesn't get it checked, if, if she can't get to the – I don't know. But uh, we started with some anger. In the early section, we end with some tears here because, uh, boy, oh, boy, I, uh, there's nothing I can say. All I can say is if you haven't heard about it, see the video. And if you have, folks, if there's anything you're wondering about about yourself, get it checked
0: out. Great PSA. She, she, she was trying to get his attention. She put it on her cell phone and put a, t- t- typed a message into her cell phone in note form and then tapped on the glass and put it up for him to see. And he, it was stage two. He was in stage two melanoma and he got it removed. He read, said that uh, uh, if he didn't know uh, and didn't get it checked out, uh, chances of survival in five years were not very good. So, and $10,000 contributed to her medical education by the Kraken and the Vancouver Canucks. You, you talk about an awesome story. That's an awesome story. That's how we're finishing the first 2022 edition of the cool button uncensored hockey podcast. You have yourselves a great day. We'll see you on Thursday. Let me out of here.
1: (laughs) Planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen